0: What if you were better equipped to be at your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm going to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode, as I'll be spending time with Sensei Mike DiAguano. Sensei Mike is the owner of Kaizen Academy of Martial Arts in Gilbert, Arizona. He began his martial arts journey beginning at age five and, over the past 37 years, has achieved multiple black belts in various styles, including a fourth-degree black belt in Taekwondo, a third-degree in Shotokan Karate, a second-degree in American Freestyle Karate, and a first-degree in American Kenpo. In addition to these accomplishments, Sensei Mike is an eight-time Arizona State champion and achieved the ranking of number three in the United States for the North American Karate Circuit. And in 1998, he was inducted into the National Martial Arts Hall of Fame for Competitor of the Year. Beyond his individual success as a martial artist, he's an incredible martial arts instructor, having taken my wife and daughters from white belt through to black belt. And I've had a chance to get to know Sensei Mike over the past couple years, and I can tell you this definitively. For as good as he is as a martial arts instructor, he's an even better person. Sensei Mike, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. How are you?
1: I am fantastic, Dr. slobert Thank you for having me on.
0: It's great. For you to be here, I've been looking forward to this conversation. First off, you've had an, an incredibly successful career in the martial arts, dating back to when you were five years old. Where's your drive and motivation come from to pursue that individually and now as the owner of Kaizen Academy of Martial Arts?
1: Um. You know, starting off when I was five and getting into martial arts, it was you know definitely just a fun thing for me as a kid to do. Um, I had tried other sports as well, baseball, soccer, and um, karate was just that one that kind of stuck with me. I ended up being you know relatively good at it from the start um, for whatever reason, and of course that made it more fun to do. So uh, stuck with it for a long time. But I think um, I think at an early age, you know, with help of the instructors and the the support I had at the studio, I saw really early on that this was something that wasn't just a hobby that you do a couple times a week at a certain place. You know, martial arts is something that you can take with you and use wherever you go. You know, whether it's the the confidence you get from the self-defense lessons, you know, being able to protect yourself if something was to go down, Um, you know, learning all the life skills when it comes to your focus, when it comes to you know, learning at school or, or, you know, putting that attention into anything you're doing. um, I think that really kept me on it for a long time. And then once I figured out that, you know, this is something I could actually like grow up and get a job in, and then maybe even one day own my own place, I thought, well, you know, since I got to get a job and make money somehow, I might as well be doing something that I love to do. So uh, that really kept the passion going. And um, there's a lot of ways you can grow in the sport, and that I think really kept me focused on it. So,
0: do you remember how old you were when you realized you could actually spend your career in and around martial arts? Or did you ever did you ever consider getting you know a what quote typical job in the corporate world?
1: Um, I knew that there was you know, obviously a path to, you know, a career in martial arts, obviously through the instructors that I had and the, the studio owners and stuff and, um, seeing what they did. Uh, but I also knew that, you know, you didn't really make a lot of money as a karate instructor, you know, um, it, there's not a lot of hours that you could put into it. Cause it's all done like in the, the couple hours after school and before bedtime. So, um, there wasn't a lot of time that I could put in to make the money that you would at like a normal 40 hour a week job. Um, so there was always that I'm going to have to grow up and get a regular job type of feel to be, but, um, you know, it was a great thing to start when I was younger. You know, I started teaching when I was like 14, 15 years old. And, um, it's pretty cool to make a little bit of money right there before, you know, even can drive. So that, that was fun. Um, But then growing up and getting a little bit of older teens, uh, I had a couple, you know, side gigs here and there to kind of help with the the money. But um, my instructors were very good in the beginning with teaching me that, you know, hey, you actually can make a decent living doing what you're doing, uh, but you got to be really good at what you're doing. So they showed me all sorts of ways that you can, you know, extend your knowledge and education in martial arts when it comes to learning the business side of it. And then I got to see that there are actually like people out there making real good money, millions of dollars running multiple locations or having, you know, one killer, killer school. Um, So it it was really good to kind of see that other people were achieving that level of success, excuse me, um, which, again, helped me get motivated to stay with and become better at teaching.
0: Got it. So you founded Kaizen Academy, of martial arts in and around 2020 and for those listening you probably know exactly where I'm going with this what was what was that like for you opening the studio and then pretty much right afterwards having to deal with lockdowns
1: yeah so we we've uh, finally signed the lease March 2020 um, pretty much two weeks before the, the big business lockdown of 2021 COVID hit hard. Um, so I went from having all this nervous excitement for finally being able to open up my own studio to, yeah, I got my keys and now I have to use those keys to lock everything down. Um, and so, so I was definitely nervous when it came to the fact of like, you know, this is something that I've never really been through you know, in my lifetime. And so you don't know what to expect with it. And I was kind of hoping it was just going to be like a, you know, a couple week thing. And then it turned into longer and longer. Um, and in all honesty, like I was nervous in the beginning, but at the same time, I wasn't too worried about it because uh, when we moved into our place, it needed a lot of work. Like we needed a few months to to build. So everything in our studio had to be, you know, basically torn out and rebuilt from the ground floor up. And so that took a couple months and just, you know, thankfully uh, when we were ready to actually, you know, get to the final stages of opening uh, in June, that's when, you know, they started opening up businesses slowly and saying, you know, people can kind of get back to their normal lives. so when people ask me, you know, did the COVID thing affect the opening? Honestly, the only, only thing it really affected was our ability to kind of do like pre-sales for it. Hmm. You know, nobody was leaving their homes. Nobody was going out and signing up for things because nobody knew when anything was going to open up or be safe to even go outside anymore. So, um, so that, that was the only thing that was really affected when I opened up the school was the pre-sale ability. But thankfully, too, coming from a previous martial arts studio, I had a lot of students follow me over there. So that really kind of um, was, was a good thing to open up the studio with students that I already had followed me over um, that weren't too worried about the whole COVID thing.
0: Yeah. And so you opened Kaizen Academy of Martial Arts and Kaizen in Japanese means continuous improvement or continuously improving. What was the inspiration for you to select that name? Because I, I first learned it in, in business as you know a, a way for businesses to continuously improve. But talk, talk about how you landed on the name. Uh, It was actually a buddy of
1: mine from 20 years ago uh, opened up a studio named Kaizen here in the valley Um, and he told me about it and I'm like oh man I was so jealous I was like dude that's such a cool name you know number one the name Kaizen I think is really cool as it is and then to know the meaning of it I'm like that just so ties together with like martial arts and stuff and um, and I didn't even realize like it was a a business principle like I, I I I just thought it was a cool meaning, you know, a cool name and a cool meaning. Um, but I didn't really understand the ties that it had. And, um, and so his, his studio closed down, you know, a long time ago, but the name just always resonated in my head. So when it was time to open up uh, the Academy, I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely stealing that name from you. And, you know, he's totally cool with it. And he's, he's off doing his own thing, but he's like, yeah, man, my blessing run with it. Um, and, but then I started like, diving deeper into the name and i'm like wow this has been around for a long time you know huge companies like toyota and all these other people talk about it all the time And i'm like wow this is a really kind of a cool thing that that sticks with not only martial arts but also the philosophies of, of growth um and it obviously works because you know you're talking about these fortune 500 companies using the same terminology and the cool thing too is i walk around with like the shirts and the hat on and stuff and people who don't even do martial arts will all be like oh kaizen kaizen continuous improvement right like yeah no they're like oh i work at toyota or i work i work at whatever and and we talk about that all the time and i'm like oh that's so cool that it's kind of universally known like that
0: yeah that's that that's really interesting i I, what was the movie and this is going to date us what was the movie with michael keaton was it called gung-ho do you remember that it was about a Japanese auto manufacturing and and and, and something to that effect, but uh, I can't remember if they referred to Kaizen specifically. But it, the the idea of continuously improving was woven throughout, you know, that particular movie. And you know, one of the things that I'm a, a big proponent of is for each of us, depending on whatever it is, for each of us to become fractionally better today than we were yesterday, and fractionally better than we were, you know, tomorrow than today, and mm. with as it relates specifically to your students and you have students ranging as young as age four up to old fogies like me, uh, what's the most gratifying part of being a sensei of the martial arts?
1: Uh, I think the most gratifying thing is, um, seeing how martial arts is kind of changing people's lives a little bit. Um, and it does it in different ways. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of like people, I have a lot of friends in the fitness industry and stuff, and you know, they're, they're very, very satisfied with being able to change people's lives and making them more healthy, but it's always the same thing. You know, you're making their body healthy and, you know, teaching them good, healthy habits and stuff, you know, with, with martial arts, I feel there's so many avenues that, that can, uh, that a student can take to change their lives for the better. And I get to see that as a student grows up, you know, and, it's different for every person so you got the the four or five year olds you know it's cool to see those little guys who are you know just soaking things up like a sponge at that age um teaching them the good values and watching them start to listen a little bit better to their parents at home or starting to learn how to focus a little bit more on the things that they're doing and kind of see uh that take hold and everybody's a little bit different you know um teenagers a lot of them are liking the fitness part of it they're liking the the you know what they can do with their bodies when it comes to martial arts you know they never thought they'd be jumping and flipping and spinning and kicking things off you know the top of their heads and um and then even you know for old fogies like yourself you know the motivation (laughs) might be a little different you know you obviously know how to focus and you know discipline yourself but like there's obviously some things that you see in the martial arts that's probably benefited you um you know, as far as like, you're in great shape, but you know, there's that physicality part of it, the flexibility, dexterity, um, you know, the the self-defense aspect for it, you know, different, I believe different age groups in the martial arts can kind of learn different elements as you go. So the younger you start, the more you kind of develop those things. And that's what happened with me, you know, starting young, it was, You know, you learn how to focus and you learn how to listen, you learn how to follow directions. And then as you get a little older, Oh, you start to come into your body a little bit more. So you start to see the strength develop and the coordination. Um, And then you get more into like the self-defense part of it. And then, and the the physical fitness part of it. So it's cool how it's a never ending journey that changes, not only in the techniques that you're doing, but how it changes your mind and your body as well. Um, And to add on to that, another thing that I've noticed too, being a sensei for so long is I love how I can have a student for, you know, a, so many years. If, if you were a school teacher, you have a student in your class for like a year before they move on. Um, with me, I've had some students for 15, you know, 15, 17 years straight. Um, and I've got to see them personally develop from this five-year-old little kid that couldn't stand on one leg, you know, to this, you know, adult who's now teaching other kids how to do it, you know? So it, it's really cool being able to see that positive impact in their life and be able to grow up with these students.
0: One of the things that I appreciate about your approach is it's individualized. It, you really take a, a, an individual approach to each one of your students and, and not fall into the trap of comparing one student's progress to another student's progress. Where did you pick up that, that philosophy? Because it, it, really, it, it really allows for you to assess, you, you know, take something that you just mentioned a minute ago. So, you know, a five-year-old or a seven-year-old that really struggles with coordination, you have them uh, progress based on them rather than comparing, you know, to any other five or seven-year-old. Where did that come from?
1: Uh, I mean, that was ingrained in me with my instructors, you know, growing up, um, I could kind of see that, you know, they didn't really talk too much about it to you when you're a student, but, you know, I could also see what was going on within classes that way and see what the other instructors were doing with their students. So I kind of learned it from them, but then as you teach it yourself, you figure out why, you know, why they do it that way. Um, number one, you know, the biggest thing is like, everybody's different. You know, everybody comes into, you know, this world with their you know different physical challenges or their own type of coordination or talent, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so it's very hard to judge somebody um against somebody else in a sport like this. Um and uh, you know, I know there's a there's an old saying out there where, you know, you can't judge a, a fish against monkeys and their ability to climb trees. You know, you gotta you gotta find everybody else's specific abilities and talents and kind of work with them on what they're good at. And then, uh, j- then just make sure that you are uh, seeing their progression in themselves, how they're making themselves better and not it to anybody else. Cause everybody, like I said, is different when it comes to their coordination and talent. Um, you know, I've said this before where I've got, you know, some students that come into the studio and right away they're, they're very physically coordinated. And let's say they're at like a level, you know, level six. And then you got a little Timmy that comes in and he's like at a level two, you know, you got these two kids in the same class and you know Timmy's probably never going to be up to where, you know, that level six is, but if level six in- increases his ability to level seven. That's awesome. If Timmy increases level two to level five, that's fantastic. You know, is it as good as level seven? No, but in essence, he's increased himself more than this other person has, you know? So it, it's just, it's so cool to be able to teach a sport that you can see a student's growth individually and, and, and kind of base their progression off of their own physicality. Um, and the second reason that I do it too is it's, it's, it's definitely less stressful to do it that way. Um, if you're always trying to get every student to like this level of perfection that you expect, you know, it's not going to happen, you know, and that's, that's the whole Kaizen philosophy. It's not about perfection. It's about constant improvement. So, you know, as long as you're constantly improving, eventually you're going to get to the goal. But if all you're doing is focusing on the perfection and you're not reaching it, well, now you're going to have a negative outlook towards it. And so, you know, you might get these students that, that quit have bad attitudes towards their training um, instead focus on teaching them that, no, you're not perfect, but you're getting better and to focus on that positive aspect of it. And that's going to help motivate them to keep on going.
0: Got it. So twice a year, you host black belt training, uh, for the listeners. This is a 12 hour test beginning at 8am, concluding at 8pm on February 25th of this year. My family and I joined 18 other students, the largest black belt test to date for Kaizen Academy, to see so- if we had what it took. It was, um, Sensei Mike, it was a grueling day. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Lots and lots of punches. For and me, kicks. I had
1: fun watching you guys. That was <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that makes one of us. Uh, but lots and lots of punches <laughs> and kicks. That's actually on your syllabus. that day Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a written test Mm -hmm. there's forms testing and and for those who don't know forms are the art part of martial arts kata Uh, how come you structure the testing in such a way that arguably the most mentally draining part of the testing both the written and the forms are at the end of the day
1: um, well, just for that purpose, you know uh, I put the most mentally challenging part at the end because you know a, a lot of this training is about mindset you know and having that strong mind to continue on you know your body your body can push through a lot, but it's your mind that tells it to quit when you 're uncomfortable you know it's that's just a genetically ingrained thing in us humans is your mind is there to protect you from harm and, and protect you from being uncomfortable and so um, you know, sometimes we got to tell our mind to just, Hey, shut up. No, I can handle this. And so black belt testing being, you know, 12 hours long with, you know, 10 hours of the physical hard stuff in the beginning. And then a couple hours of the mental, uh, you know, trying to remember your forms, remember your curriculum, doing the, the written testing, um, it. it teaches you that even though you might be physically tired and uncomfortable, um, you can still push through. And it's all about just having the right focus with your mind and, and um, you know, just, just learning throughout the day that, okay, yeah, I'm tired, but I'm still going, you know, as long as I keep myself strong up here, then pushups, kicks, all this stuff is not going to be a problem. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things to teach people is um, that your mind is a lot stronger than your body is as long as you, you you focus it in the right way.
0: Well, for what it's worth, I couldn't move for the better part of eight days <laughs> after that test. <laughs> and I, I I I like to think I'm in relatively good shape. I'm just clearly that yeah. was unaccustomed stimulus, you know, going yeah. through that. Moment.
1: You only burned what, like? How many calories? Well, according stuff, to but... Apple
0: Watch, it was just shy of 6,600 calories that day.
1: Yeah, that's not bad for a day.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I'll have to shoot for 7,000 next time. So,
0: well, And in thinking about that, that, that was one day. Granted, it was a, it was a really long day. But you teach mm-hmm. in upwards of six days per week, which on the surface seems exhausting. How are you able to level up your mindset consistently to deliver high quality instruction day in and day out?
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I think a little bit of it has to do with uh, you know, the training, quote unquote, that I do, you know, I, uh, every every morning I'm, I'm one of those guys that if I'm at the gym and I'm on the treadmill, I, I can't listen to music. I'll watch a I'll watch a podcast or I'll, I'll listen to, you know, a few people um, and try and get that education going for myself, you know people like Tony Robbins, the goat, you know, and, and Ed Milet and a lot of these other guys, Tom B. these are just some people that I love throwing on and listening to them um, talk about mindset and how to improve. And um, I think that that constant stimulus is, is really, really amazing when it comes to your progression, as far as your mindset goes and helps me out being able to, you know, listen to these other people and kind of take what they're saying and being able to re- relate to that. And then also, teach my students a little bit about that. And I'm definitely nowhere near their level as far as motivating, but, you know, little snippets here and there can can help push, uh, you know, push the students. Um, and then the other thing is too, is the fact that I'm doing it six days a week, I think really helps. Um, I think the the problem with training your mind is you don't get a lot of practice with it if you don't, you know, put it out there. And so the fact that I'm teaching six days a week and, and always trying to, um, teach these same values and, 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 uh, motivate these students over and over again, helps me practice it to where it becomes more natural. Um, if I only did this, you know, one day a week, it wouldn't, wouldn't grasp on as strong, you know, it's just like anything, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. So, you know, doing it six days a week, I think definitely helps out.
0: Gotcha. So you recently had a, a falling out with a business partner how are you able to persevere through that situation well and before uh, before I, you you answer for context this was uh, this was a situation where you were extraordinarily transparent with all the all, all of the stakeholders involved i know you spoke to each of the parents and you handled it in a really really professional way despite all of the turbulence that you had to navigate, you know, through the situation. So how were you able to persevere through that?
1: You know, it's, it's one of those things where you got to understand like life is not perfect and there's always going to be challenges that, that pop up in some form or another. Um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things I've worked on personally over the years is trying to get emotions under control and, um, I think one of the biggest mindset changes that I've listened to and learned from is, you know, when you have control over your emotions, you can handle situations in, in a better way. Um, and so, you know, realizing like, you know, life sometimes it sucks and it hits you hard. Um, but realize like it, that's how it always is. And it's always going to be like that. So you need to learn that it comes in waves, deal with it. You know, the old saying, this too shall pass, you know, you, You realize like, yep, this is happening right now. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, it is what it is. And you got to handle it um, in the most, you know, professional way that you can. Um, And when you let things like emotion and anger and and anxiety get involved, that's when, that's when your mind like just kind of short circuits on you and you can't think and you can't handle things the right way. So um, it's kind of just about taking a step back and realizing like, all right, this has happened. You know, th- there's nothing that can happen. You can't go back in time and change anything bad that's happening to you in your life. So it's here. It is what it is. Let's look at it, um, you know, from a bird's eye view and then handle it in the most, you know, according way possible. Um, and so thankfully, you know, I was able to do that. I realized, like, I had a lot of good support. Um, instead of thinking about the things that were going wrong, I started thinking about the things that I have and the things that are still going right. Um, And then again, you know, having that Kaizen mindset, it's like, okay, you know, we've dropped down a couple, a couple pegs as far as like, you know, what's going on business, but how can I build it back up? You know, it's always about looking for those opportunities to make things better. So like, you know, I'm in this situation how it is. Okay, let's handle that situation as professionally as possible. And, you know, let's take this as an opportunity to build back better in, you know, the studio as far as like, you know, we did some remodeling, we did, uh, you know, we did some rebranding, we got new socials coming up, we got, you know, I'm very excited because it's almost like I'm building a business all over again. And that's very exciting. So, um, again, there's a silver lining, you just got to sometimes look really, really hard for it, but it's there, you'll find it.
0: And that ties back to what you were referencing with Tony Robbins, Ed Milette, and others, where it really does come down to mindset with the recognition mm-hmm. that we grow amid discomfort and adversity, not in yeah. not, not when things are, are are going you know perfectly for us. Right. You you currently have one studio. What's what's next for Kaizen Academy of Martial Arts? Where do you see yourself taking this business endeavor?
1: Well, you know, I still want to push the business, you know, and grow it more. Um, I I see, you know, I'm always looking for ways to improve and, and, um, you know, ways we can grow as a studio and as a family collective. And um, I I still see the studio is a little bit away from being towards, you know, where I want it to be as far as like number of students we have and revenue and, and, um, you know, things like that. So, um, I'm still pushing to, to build this studio up to, you know, having an awesome, uh, awesome single location. And then from there, you know, it, it, it just kind of depends. Um, you know, a lot of people say that you got to open up multiple schools if you ever want to be successful. Um, you know, and, I've learned from other instructors and other business courses that like, you got to make sure that you have the right people if you're going to be doing that. And honestly, like that spreads you kind of thin too. I've had some instructors I know that have had multiple locations. and end up shutting them down and just focusing on one school, just so that they could put all their energy and effort into that one, one location. um, Honestly, I feel like that's probably going to be the best thing for me. Um, You know, I always, always, when I unlock the doors, there's that suite right next to us that's that's vacant, and uh, I've already talked to the landlords and, and and property managers and stuff, and they're like, you know, I got the I got that first right of refusal, so they can't put somebody in there until I say so um, or without my blessing, basically. But you know, if I wanted to, I can go to them at any time and be like, you know what, I'm gonna kick down this wall and let's expand. So that's kind of, if I was going to say that's one of the goals of mine, that would be, that would be what I'm working towards first, making Kaizen as it is just as complete as possible. um, And then looking to expand, you know, I would love to, I would love to have a bigger, better studio today, but I realize we're not quite there yet. And I don't want to put myself in any type of, you know, you know, dig a hole for myself yet. Let's, let's, let's build up the studio to make it the best it can be first. And then we'll go from there.
0: That's awesome. So as we, as we near a close, first off, I want to thank you for your insights and wisdom you've shared. If you had one, one word of encouragement to someone who, to a parent or a young person or someone that is interested in getting involved in martial arts, what would you tell them?
1: Uh, do it. You know, the, the cool thing about martial arts is a lot of people, uh, especially parents who get their kids involved in martial arts, it's not really for the reasons that you would think. You know, if, if if a parent was looking to have their kid join a soccer program, it's because their kid wants to, you know, kick a ball around or something like that. If, if a parent wants a student to join martial arts, typically it doesn't really have a lot to do with the kicking and punching. Um, they hear about, you know, how good – martial arts is when it comes to building discipline and focus and, and you know, coordination and things like that. Um, and so a lot of these parents that come to me, that's their main reason for wanting to do it. And the, the kicking and punching and the, the activity part of it is just an awesome you know, cherry on top of the sundae. Um, and it's really cool how that works out because the kids are in there having fun doing the kicking and punching and they don't realize like, Hey, you're building all these other mental life skills um, that is going to help you outside the karate school. And so I would definitely say, you know, to parents that are out there thinking about, you know, putting their kids in martial arts, even doing it for themselves is, is, you know, figure out exactly what it is that you're looking for when it comes to joining martial arts. Is it the physical side? Is it the mental side? Um, And then also make sure that you find uh, a place that fits for you and your values you know the, there's so many martial arts schools out there uh, especially here in Arizona um, it's funny I, I traveled nationally and I used to stay at like friends houses when we go to different states and stuff and there used to be like one karate school for one town you know that was that town's karate school and then I'd have friends come out and visit and stay with me and we'd drive to the studio and we'd be driving and they'd be like oh there's your school and I'm like no that's not it and they're like oh is that one in no what about? No. And we'd pass like five or six on the way to my school. And they're like, holy crap, you got like a school in every corner out here in Arizona. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Kind of how it is. So I would say, you know, for, for the parents out there looking for for starting their their journey in martial arts with their kids is is go test a couple places out, you know, just because a studio is close to you or cheapest, you know, doesn't mean it's going to be the right place for you you know, try out every other place, find instructors that you like, that you feel comfortable and safe with, um, and make sure that the values that that you are wanting your kids to have is what they're teaching in in their programs.
0: That's great advice. And I do have one final comment. Really, I guess, comment and question. The comment is, it's really impressive your individual success. You're a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo, third degree in Shotokan Karate, second degree in American Freestyle Karate, and first degree in American Kenpo. I mean, talk about piling on, Sensei. What is it like that, as a first degree black belt in Shotokan Karate myself, that I can whip you? <laughs> well, you know, what's that? What's it like I, I knowing that? Old, old
1: age and. Uh... <laughs> Kind of older my old age. Uh, and they always say you know karate karate people it's kind of like you got to add it up in a different way so you take how old you are and then you take how long you've been in martial arts and you add those numbers together so really I'm like in my late 70s to early 80s right. so I do have a feeling you could probably whoop me a little bit yeah <laughs> um, I'm, I'm one foot in the grave at this point but <laughs> uh, I, I <laughs> it don't would know be about that <laughs>
0: Uh, the only thing i could, the only thing i can hope for is that uh i i'm i'm faster than you running zigzags that's really
1: <laughs> it. Hey, you're tall you're tall you got the reach you got the length you can keep me at bay <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that that's great well sensei mike thank you once again for being guest on the quest for life podcast and i will i, I will see you in the studio soon sir
1: yes sir it was fun thanks for having me
0: Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number for life.com. You can also connect with me if you're interested in learning more about leveling up your mindset to achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining the conversation.